Welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, it's me, your host Yusuf. Now, without further ado, let's just get right to it. So Kyrie Irving and the Dallas Mavericks were recently taking on the Brooklyn Nets, and this was his first time in Brooklyn since leaving the team. So he joined Brooklyn in the summer of 2019 as a free agent along with Kevin Durant, and they later added James Harden. Now, the expectations for this team were lofty as they were supposed to contend for a championship. Now, unfortunately, they didn't end up winning a championship, but there were numerous reasons for that, which we'll get into some of them here. However, if you listen to ESPN commentator Brian Windhorst tell it, there's only one person to blame, and that's Kyrie Irving. So I'm going to play this very brief clip of what he had to say, and then I'll come back and break it all down. But before I do, man, you guys like this video, subscribe to the channel, and share this with your people. All right, now here we go. This is fair use, okay, fair use. I'm only doing this for reactionary and commentary purposes. He's normalized breaking up super teams because he broke it up in Cleveland. He broke what chance of one up in Boston, and he broke up one of the biggest flops of a super team in Brooklyn. So you saw what he had to say. Now, there is a reason, or numerous reasons, actually, why he's saying some of the stuff that he's saying there. So let's break it all down. Why is he saying this? Well, the primary reason why he's talking like this is because we know, wink, wink, that he is a paid media shill for LeBron James and Clutch Sports, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. He goes on ESPN and he disseminates the information that LeBron wants to get out. So the way that this media game works, and really many aspects that you'll see in life, whether it be in business or professional environments, or even in personal relationships to an extent, is the concept of quid pro quo, right? You do for me, I do for you. So in media, these guys want access. Access to what? Information, interviews, scoops, stories, right? And Windhorse has been following LeBron since his high school days. And LeBron even said at one point that I believe Windhorse knows more about me than I know about myself. And really and truly, Windhorse owes his entire career to LeBron. Without him covering LeBron and getting the access that he does, he would still be a chubby columnist writing about local high school basketball. It is what it is. But he hitched his wagon to LeBron. And hey, you know what? Good for him. He capitalized on that opportunity and he made himself into an asset. And he was able to leverage that into a career at ESPN. So good for him. It was smart of him to actually do that. But now he's primarily used as a media voice for LeBron to allegedly spread whatever information he wants. So LeBron and Clutch Sports grease his palms, again, allegedly greasing his palms. And in exchange, he acts as their mouthpiece in the media. I'm saying all of this to say that the mainstream sports media has had a target on Kyrie Irving's back ever since he requested a trade out of Cleveland because he didn't want to play with their man crush every day, LeBron James. So if you notice... The players that the media targets are usually players that either beat LeBron or they refuse to play with him. 
And it's the reason why they attack Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, or why they come at Kawhi Leonard, or they are flat out ignoring him for any form of MVP consideration. So Brian Windhorst is just doing what he does, quid pro quo, with LeBron and Clutch Sports. Again, this is alleged. So the second reason why he, uh, Brian Windhorst is doing this is because, like many people in media, <laughs> he's just a dishonest person. Now, he's blaming Kyrie for everything, which is simply not true. And by the way, thank God for YouTube, Rumble, Patreon, and all of these different outlets that are giving a voice to independent creators to dispel and debunk many of the misinformation that these guys in the mainstream media are spreading. Now, in that clip that I played for you guys, he's, flagrant, he's flagrantly and blatantly lying. And once upon a time, he was able to say that kind of foolishness without anyone being able to refute him. Now, here's the truth of what really happened with those teams. So let's look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. So after Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors whooped LeBron's ass like a father who found out that his kid stole something. He was working behind the scenes with management to try to get Kyrie Irving traded from the team. So number one, Kyrie Irving signed an extension in 2014 to stay with Cleveland, and he didn't know or even expect LeBron to join the team. He didn't prefer to play with LeBron, right? But LeBron, being the leech that he is, he joined the team to play with Kyrie. And number two, who the hell is LeBron to try and get Kyrie Irving traded from the Cavaliers in the first place? You know who LeBron is like? He's like that person in the workplace who has the same job title and the same job description as you, but they like to act like they're part of management and they talk down to you like they're a manager, you know, instructing you, annoying you. And the whole time they're behaving like this, you're thinking to yourself like, bro, you have the same job title and salary as me. Why don't you act your wage? And that's the kind of person that LeBron is. So you want to act like Kyrie Irving is your brother and that you're cool with him. But then behind the scenes, you're working with the organization to get him traded behind his back. And then when Kyrie Irving found out, he wanted out of the team. He doesn't want to be in that kind of environment that fosters that level of dishonesty. And I don't blame him. So Kyrie Irving didn't break up that super team. In fact, if we're being honest, it was LeBron's impatience and his toxic obsession to control teams and the decisions that teams make is what led to the breakup of that Cavs team, if we're being honest. Kyrie goes on to Boston. And Boston was a young upstart team that I believe peaked way ahead of schedule, right? So he was playing alongside of a Gordon Hayward and a rookie Jason Tatum, right? That is far from a super team. And that first year together, there was a lot of injuries. I believe Gordon Hayward got injured the first game of the season and Kyrie Irving was in and out of the lineup. And then eventually he was just out for the remainder of the season and out throughout the playoffs. But that first season that they had that team in place, right, despite all of those injuries, they still managed to make it to the 2018 
Eastern Conference Finals. It was a team that peaked really early. And because they peaked early and Jason Tatum emerged as a, he emerged as a blossoming star, what it did is it messed up the dynamics of the team and it messed up the hierarchy of, uh, the hierarchy of the team, right? Because Jason Tatum developed a lot quicker than anyone could have imagined. So they were actually ahead of schedule. And okay, things got sour in the organization, right? But it was a collective thing. And Kyrie Irving didn't really want to be in Boston and he wanted to play with his best friend in Brooklyn. So what? LeBron James jumps ships all the time. He's played for three different teams. So why can't Kyrie, why can't Kyrie go to a team of his choice? Isn't it about player empowerment? Can't get mad at LeBron for you can't say any, you cannot be silent while LeBron's doing it and then get mad when Kyrie and Kevin Durant want to exercise that option in Brooklyn. So they go to Brooklyn, right, in the summer of 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And then look what happens in that time. You have a global pandemic that no one saw coming, right? And then you had numerous players in the league that did not want to play in that bubble. But LeBron James was adamant that he wanted to compete in that AAU Orlando that Orlando bubble, Disney bubble tournament and win his fourth faux championship, right? Then you had the mandates, and you know the mandates that I'm talking about. Kyrie, why don't play like this when you were on the desk? Why, Kyrie? So how is that his fault? Did he know in 2019 that this was going to happen? No, hypothetically, even if he predicted it, he would just be labeled as crazy anyways. But that's going on. And then he tweets a link to a documentary and then he gets suspended indefinitely and he's given a program that he has to follow before he comes back. Now, while you could blame him for this, at the same time, he literally just posted a link. He didn't endorse the content that was on. He didn't endorse the content that was on it. He didn't say whether information was right or wrong or even encourage or promote anyone to check it out. It was just a link. Now, for what it's worth, I personally didn't watch the documentary and I wouldn't even bother watching it. It's just not something I want to watch, right? But, you know, he tweeted the link. Does that mean that he deserves an indefinite suspension? Now, of course, he did not deserve it. Absolutely not he didn't deserve it, right? Especially... Right, because hindsight is always twenty twenty. When you compare it to a situation like now, where a guy like Josh Giddy, right, had some accusations lobbied his way, he did not face any suspension times. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, just do a quick Google search on Josh Giddy, see what comes up. And you know, in the midst of all of this going on, let's just not forget that there was actually injuries that were taking place. So Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, all of these guys were facing injuries. Many of the, most of the time, they were facing it simultaneously. So they barely got the chance to play together and develop that continuity as a team. Was there anything that could have been salvaged to say, you know, I don't want to leave. I want to stay here and, and stick it out. Or was it too far about them? Uh, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into it because I, I love protecting um, 
you know, the people that I, I'm, I'm in business with, even if it doesn't work out. Um, again, I wish all those guys well, but um, conversations that needed to be had uh, weren't had uh, before the trade deadline. And I don't know if anything needed to be salvaged. I, I just think it was time to get my own peace of mind and, and go somewhere um, where I was able to, to thrive um, and be in a situation where I didn't have to worry about um, you know, kind of behind the back talk or the media talk or not knowing how to handle, um, you know, real life circumstances uh, that uh, it has nothing to do with the game of basketball. It has everything to do with how you handle someone as a person. And um, while I was here, I've learned a lot of lessons. Uh, I've made my peace again, like I said, and I just want to move forward. You know, things could have changed and we look back at the past and you have 2020 vision. This could have gone right if this would have happened. If I didn't get injured versus the Bucks, do I get, do I still ask for a trade? If Katie's foot wasn't on the three-point line, are we talking about a different legacy here? If James doesn't ask for a trade, all the woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, hopefully after this night, we can just put that to rest and just move forward and I can look forward to the rest of my career and just handle it in Dallas and uh, going after my second championship. So I say all of this to say that what happened at Brooklyn wasn't his fault either. So now here he is in Dallas and the team is just, to me, they look to be disjointed. And all I ever hear from mainstream media is how great Luca is. 73 points, he's a great player, blah, blah, blah. Well, if that's the case, why doesn't he get held accountable for everything? Why just place all the blame on Kyrie? You know, it's very interesting to me. When the media really likes a player, they get all the credit for winning. But when the losses start to happen... It's always someone else's fault, right? And I'm starting to see that they're doing that with Luca now. And I've said this on the past in previous episodes. Luca is a good individual player, but he is a little overrated to me. He's good, don't get me wrong, but overrated, right? And for me, observing his style of play, he just doesn't strike me as a winning player. I just don't see it. But... Because the media doesn't like Kyrie and they really love Luca, whatever bad that happens in Dallas or whatever goes wrong, it will fall squarely on Kyrie Irving's shoulders. And that's largely because there are hacks and paid shills, allegedly paid shills, in the media like a Brian Windhorst. So that's why... He said what he said in that clip. <laughs> but that's all I got for you guys today. You guys be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also follow me in the podcast on social media. You can also check out my four books. They're available at all retailers. The link will be in the description. <laughs> Until next time.